Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Books. Anna, it's nice to be back after our two-week break from the last episode. So, Anna, we have a couple great guests coming up. We have, as our author guest, Kelly Bennett, who writes some uh, picture books for kids. People are going to enjoy hearing that. And also, our staff guest is Pam Murphy. I really enjoyed that conversation, especially when she really threw you for a loop with one of the things that she told us. So, people get to hear that coming up. But I also wanted to mention to you, you know, we have authors who come on. We've talked to a lot of different people over the couple of years that we've been doing this. And I, every once in a while, they get an award or something great happens for them. So I wanted to bring up the fact that Amanda Flower, who we had on as our guest a couple of months ago, I believe, just won an Agatha Award for the best historical novel for her novel, Because I Could Not Stop for Death. And that was the one that she wrote about. Uh, it's an Emily Dickinson mystery series. And it was interesting when we talked to her because she kind of went out of her comfort zone. She had never done a historical mystery. She does one and she wins an award for it. So congratulations to Amanda Flower for that. She's actually working on her second um, Emily Dickinson mystery, uh, which is coming out in September of this year. And it's called I Heard a Fly Buzz When I Died, which another which is it's taken from an Emily Dickinson piece. So I just think it's amazing that here she tried something new. She was doing cozy mysteries um, and that she wins an Agatha award for her, her first Emily Dickinson mystery because I could not stop for death. Um, I just think it's great. So congratulations to Amanda. What I felt like, I don't know about you, but when I see these people that we've talked to, I mean, you know, they don't know us very well. We talked to them for a little while, but then I feel like we kind of get to know them. So I was like very excited when I heard that Amanda Flower won because I kind of feel like we know her a little bit, even though, you know, she probably wouldn't remember us. But we remember her and that's all that matters. But it is great to get to know these authors and, and talk to them and find out, you know, what's going on with their careers, which is part of the reason why we do this and also what goes on with our staff members. And our first staff member that we're going to talk to today is Pam Murphy. And we'll be right back to talk to her. Welcome, everyone, to this portion of the podcast where we take time to talk with a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure to talk with Pam Murphy, who is in the Youth Services Department over at the Lawrence Headquarters branch. Pam, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you for having me. So, Pam, one of the reasons I am very excited to talk with you today is I think you are one of the most creative people that we have in the library system. Whenever I walk over into the Lawrence branch, I feel like I'm seeing all your creations everywhere. Um, I know that there's a team effort that's going on behind it, but I'm just, I'm wondering where do you, well, first of all, let's talk about where, how do you incorporate your creativity into your job that you're doing? Well, I always loved Pinterest and now I can actually use it for 
work because I can look at it and see different things and be like, oh, I can do that. That's easy. And, you know, I, I can make my own templates and make it easy to give out to kids to do. So it's, uh, it's always been fun on there. And now I can actually do it and get paid for it. I feel like that's one of the interesting things too about all the branches is how the patrons come in and they see how everything's changed. like one day you'll walk in here and then the next day they'll walk in and you've done something entirely new. We uh we like changing it up because we don't like we don't like being like stagnant. We uh, we want them to come and see different things because the way we look at it is we don't want to do the same thing over and over. So we don't think the patrons want to do the same thing over and over again. So aside from creating uh, unique spaces for the patrons when they're coming in, tell us a little bit more about what you get to do working at the Lawrence branch. Well, I have a Wednesday story time, which um, I usually have about 12 kids come and their parents. Um, and this is where they love, I do the same songs every week and they love it because I hear about it if I change songs, they're like, where is Baby Shark? Or why didn't we do Hot Potato today? Okay. That's funny because Connie, Miss Connie at the Hopewell branch, she starts off with the same song every time. Yep. And I asked her, I said, you know, why don't you ever switch it up? And she is like, they like the routine. I mean, the, the kids like the routine. And, um, and if I'm out and someone covers my story time, I hear about it the following week from the parents saying, oh, they didn't do Baby Shark. They didn't do Freeze Dancing and they missed it. And I was like, so I'm like, all right, we'll do it this week. So the littles have their druthers. They have their, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up at, at the Lawrence Branch and doing what you're doing now? Well, this is actually like my second career because my degree is in accounting and I work, yeah. <laughs> and I worked for 10 years at Merrill Lynch. I worked in retirement services on 401, I used to process 401ks and then I worked in stock options where I would process, um, process that. And then I had my second child and I decided to stay home and I stayed home with her for five years and then once she went back to school I needed to do something because I am not I can't stay home and I wasn't cleaning my house so I, st I actually got a job at a local elementary school in the cafeteria and I liked it because I got to work with the kids and it was fun and it was very different and then uh, the second year, one of the ladies I work with said, do you know, there's an opening in the Lawrence branch, the kids section. I think you would be great. You should apply. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. What, you know, sure. And I let it go. And then like two days later, she's like, did you apply? And I'm like, all right, I'll apply. And I applied, got called in for an interview and it was offered the job like the next day. And like, I never ever anticipated working in the children's section of the library and never anticipated loving it as much as I do because I was a business person I worked in the corporate world I was you know the suit with the heels and the now I wear like goofy hats and costumes and you see this is why I love doing these interviews because Miss Pam I never in a million years would have guessed that you were 
doing the business walk, doing yes. the accounting. I mean, it just seems like the kids, you have such a way with the children. Yeah. And it just, it's just really amazing. And I love that this person saw that in you and kind of yeah, prompted you like, hey, here's this job. And I really wasn't even going to apply. And she's the one, she's like, no, no, you have to do this. And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. I'll apply. I won't get hired. And even when I got called in for an interview, I'm like, yeah, they're just calling anybody in for an interview. And like, I was offered the job like the next day. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's interesting because that means that there's people, you know, the, the first person that told you to apply and then the first people that you interview with that could see that in you that you could do it. So even if you didn't know yeah. yourself that you could do it, they saw it in you that you had it, had it to relate with the kids. Yeah. And now I, I love it. Like, it's just, yeah. Like, not many people can say, you know, they go to work and love what they do. And I love, especially my Wednesday story times. I love seeing the little kids and... You know, you get the same kids coming every week and, you know, they bring their stuffed animals from home because they want them to meet you. And it's just, I, I love it. I love everything about it. So you become part of their lives, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's vice versa as well. Yes. I mean, it really yeah. is. Um, so what do your, like people who knew you when you were doing accounting, like what do they, when you tell them that you're in a library now, like what's something that they that they say like how do they respond to that they're they're actually a little shocked because it, it it's so different here and even like the attitude because like in the corporate world you always had like computer issues you always had you know like, there was always something wrong and here i'm like oh i ran out of glue like <laughs> <laughs> so it's very like and they they actually are kind of jealous because it's very relaxing like some days i will make be making crafts all day and it's very soothing the color i totally agree with that i think whenever you're doing something like that with your hands and i don't get to do crafts that often but when i do i feel like it's a meditative experience because you kind of have the routine going down yeah. and you kind of let your mind go do you know what i'm saying i mean there really is this kind of calming aspect to it yes but I still well, have my business side because I still do, um, I make a lot of the spreadsheets here and I actually do the, I do the uh, supply ordering because it's just, that's my wheelhouse. So what do you do the spreadsheets for? Like for organizing what everybody's doing in the department? Um, well, I would make the spreadsheets for, we have for our reports, like I would, our calendar, I would, I would type all that in or um, I make the spreadsheets for the, um, the our twice annual ordering. You're the youth services library staff that likes to work with numbers and Excel yes. spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> you can do that with your eyes closed. That's, e that's easy for you. Yes. Well, Pam, we are so lucky that you have come to the Mercer County Library System and just to express your creativity and to become a part of the community. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you today. very much. Welcome back, everyone, to the next segment of Behind the Books, where we talk about a few of the things that are coming up at the Mercer County Library System over the next couple of weeks. Um, just want to remind everyone that we have a lot. May is actually a very busy month, right? We just got past Mother's Day. There was a lot that went on for Mother's Day. It's 
Asian American Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Month. It's Jewish American Heritage Month. We have some things going on with stigma-free Mercer, where there's different things at the branches. So next time you go into the branch, just stop and take a look around, and there's going to be displays, and there's going to be uh, information about all these different topics. So in addition to the programs we have, people might want to just build in a few extra minutes on their next visit to the branch and, and just kind of look around and see what kind of things are out there. We do want to thank the Jewish Federation of Princeton Mercer Bucks for partnering with us and providing us with the um, the posters that we have at the branches with fun facts about Jewish American heritage, um, as well as I want to thank uh, the Mercer County Division of Mental Health for providing us with giveaways and uh, information to share about Mental Health Awareness Month as well. And the other thing, Anna, too, is I mentioned it a little bit before you you said that is, you know, I'm always amazed at all the different displays that we have. You know, we've talked to a lot of our staff guests about, you know, that's one of the things they concentrate on is displays. And and especially with these things, these themes that we have coming up, I think people should take the time to kind of check out these displays and, and see the information that's there. And, and maybe there's something that they haven't really been interested in before or taking the time to read, but that they might find that that's something that's that they're going to want to get be interested in. So everybody be sure to check out the displays. That's such a nice way to put it because it's like an opportunity for discovery. And um, so which kind of brings me to my <laughs> with a virtual program that's coming up. Uh, on May 17th at 7 p.m., we have a program um, that's going to talk about a mural was discovered while renovations were going on at Washington Crossing Park. And so this program is going to talk about the discovery of this mural, which depicts George Washington crossing the Delaware uh, and kind of how they're restoring it and what's happening with it and just kind of the story around this mural. And again, that program's happening on Wednesday, May 17th at 7 in the evening, and that is a virtual program taking place on our video conferencing platform. So you need to register for the link, either going to mcl.org or using our app, MyMCLSNJ. And then, Bob, you had mentioned how it is Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And we have a virtual program taking place on Monday, May 22nd at 7 in the evening. Uh, it's going to be presented by Dr. Anne Giblin Gadakt, who is an assistant professor of history at Seton Hall. And she's going to be presenting a hyphenated spirit, ethnic prejudice and Japanese American incarceration during World War II. So she's going to be taking an in-depth look at that period of history for our community. And again, that's a virtual event. So you would need to register for the program to get the link. And again, you can go to mcl.org or use our app, MyMCLSNJ. A myriad of programs coming up for everybody plenty going on at the branches. Everybody's excited about the things that are going on. So be sure to check out your local branch, check out the virtual programs. And you'll also want to check out our next interview, which is coming up. We'll be right back with our chat with Kelly Bennett. Bennett writes books for children consisting primarily of picture books celebrating imagination, families, friends, pets, all that goes into being a kid. She holds an MFA in writing for children and young adults from Vermont College. 
She is a longstanding member of Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and the Authors Guild. Her books include Norman One Amazing Goldfish, as well as Not Norman, which were both illustrated by Noah Z. Jones, by, and that was through Candlewick Press. Her most recent book, The House That Ruth Built, came out in late March. Kelly, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Lovely meeting you. The House That Ruth Built, um, it's a picture book that commemorates the 100th anniversary of Yankee Stadium, baseball, and Babe Ruth. And kind of looking at your catalog of books that you've written, a lot of them, like I'm thinking of um, Dad and Pop, that was about fathers and stepfathers. And your mommy was just like you, like talking about, you know, how we were once children too and growing up. And and this seems like it's such a different um, project for you because it's this historical nonfiction creative book. Can you tell us what was the impetus for you to write this book? Yes, I did not expect to write it. I will say, and I'm proud to say, I have just completed the 2,577th day of writing a poem a day. Um, it's a challenge I took on with a friend, Cindy Fawnen, who's also an author. And um, we take seven minutes a day to write a poem. And we um, we publish the prompt on uh, a little plug for my website. We publish the poem on my website, um, Kelly's Fishbowl. We pull, we publish one of the prompts a week. First of all, the idea is that we would write our poems in the morning, the way you brush your teeth, no excuses, just get out there and sort of get the creative juices flowing. And then no matter what happens during our day, at least we're challenging ourselves to be a little more creative, a little more inspired, well, one of the prompts was to write a um, a poem based on a fairy tale or a rhyme. And the rhyme that came to mind was the house that Jack built and a natural fit, the house that Ruth built, the house that Jack built. From that poem, it's the poem is literally the first thing took seven minutes. And then, of course, it's been revised a lot of times. Um, and when I created the poem, what I wanted to do was start with that opening of the stadium and watch it the way the poem, the house that Ruth, I mean, the house that Jack built expands. I wanted the poem to expand and us watching that stadium fill up with the people, first the groundskeepers and the scoreboard guys, and then the fans, and then the music, and then the lights get that big building effect. So one silly little seven minute brush your teeth prompt turned into this seven year project. I was going to ask you how long, how long it took to complete this project. You mentioned seven years because it seems like that's the kind of thing that you had to do a lot of research, right? To go back and, and find out what happened in 1923. Uh, so think about it. 1923, there is probably nobody alive that can remember being there that day going back a hundred years to find out exactly what the stadium looked like what the facts actually were had took a lot of time and a lot of help the library of congress was hugely popular the baseball hall of fame all of their librarians helped and then the yankees museum curator brian richards pulled out all of the old yankee history and then the negro leagues museum also all everybody got together 
The idea behind this book that started with There's No Poem was from my point of view, kids, these this will be the first baseball book that people, that kids read. And I wanted to make sure that they actually had all of the details correct. And um, in the illustration, Susanna Cavelli is the illustrator. She's, she's, um, lives in Italy. She's Italian. She didn't know a whole lot about baseball, but she knows a whole lot about gorgeous, realistic, interesting um, art. Well, and that's such a a big ticket. When you think about here you are presenting something that might be a child's first exposure to baseball in, in a book, and the pressure to get it right. I mean, it just sounds like almost like a white whale, like chasing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is horrifying, the weight that you have on your shoulders. And people don't think, they, oh, it's a cute little picture book. The, the house that Ruth built is filled with sidebars of vintage photographs. Um, what we did was we modeled the cover after a 1923 baseball magazine that featured Babe Ruth on the cover. And so this style is actually the look of that old magazine. The sidebars are just little snippets about um, and different facts about baseball um, that go beyond the book. The, where, the origin of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, the origin of Cracker Jacks. It seems like it was a kind of a, of a leap from what you'd been doing before, right? Is it taking on something that's historical as opposed to your normal picture books? Was it something that you had any trepidation about when you started it or were you so excited about the project that you kind of jumped right in? I'm sort of schizophrenic when it comes to writing. I have always written nonfiction. And even when I write fiction picture books, I my blog is um, nonfiction. I've written for magazines, newspapers. I used to write travel articles, parenting articles. Um, and book-wise, well, Spider Spins a Story is a collection of native legends featuring spiders that my writing then writing partner Ronnie Davidson and I took seven years. I love to find stuff out. I love to research. I love to know facts. So while I will do my fiction in the morning, I will do my nonfiction in the afternoon. So this is not so <laughs> this is not a stretch at all. Yeah. It's sort of what I do. Um like at the same time I'm writing the house that Ruth built, I was also writing monstrous mo who wakes up on the wrong side of the bed i'd like to go back to your website you mentioned it earlier uh kellybennett.com which we will link to in our show notes um it's one of the most interactive educationally robust author websites i have ever clicked on Oh, thank you. And I, I, do you have an education background? Because I'm looking like with each of your books, you have, well, with the majority of them, there's a teacher's guide. There's an activity packet. Some of them have a YouTube reading buddy. I mean, it really is just this very robust um, portal that you've created. So I, I was looking, I'm like, she has to have been a teacher. Is that, did you used to teach? <laughs> no, but my mom, my mom is a teacher. Shout out to the little teachers. And I worked um, when I was in high school and the beginning of college, I worked in um, the library and in the Career Guidance Center. But more than that, 
Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my friend, Deb Gonzalez, who creates my teaching guides. Um, she, if you look on my website, and then my another friend, Doris Fisher, who created all of my puzzles. My idea is I want my books to go beyond the page. And I want teachers and parents and kids to have fun with books. A book is the is a toy and I will get pictures of these little kids and they are hugging and carrying around not Norman and making their parents the parents will say please write something else I am so tired of reading that story which is music to my ears <laughs> I wanted if you go to my website I want kids to go there and find stuff that they like because I want my books to live and I want um I will also Norman not Norman my little goldfish he has an advice column called Ask Norman, and um, kids will send in their pictures and ask Norman questions, and Norman does answer all of those questions. That was one of my questions for you, because I saw, I love that it's Ask Norman. <laughs> do you, do, is it a constant? Are you constantly getting people asking, are kids asking for advice from Norman? I want more. Um, so I post one a week, and... Um, a lot are about, you know, Norman and the specific story, but some of them will go beyond and say, you know, my friends aren't being nice to me or um, my brother's mean, or um, I'm kind of shy. You're shy too. Um, which is really, I was, I was thinking to myself when I wrote that story, um, for those of you who don't know it, not Norman is a story a picture book um, illustrated by Noah Z. Jones that is about a boy who wants a pet more than anything in the world and he gets one and it's a goldfish. And I had to sit there. When I wrote it, it, it was inspired by my cat, Sam, who looked, who was sitting on my lap one day and then jumped down on my keyboard and messed up everything I was writing. And I just, oh, cat, get out of here. I don't like you. And he scattered and he got about to the door and he looked back and said, what makes you think I like you? <laughs> and that was, and I thought, you know, we get our pets, but, you know, that whole relationship. So that's where Norman started. Um, and I don't know why I got off on that tangent. But, well, I love it because it really, it's almost like a, not a Dear Abby, but kind of like a Dear Abby for kids. Like, I need some help. I need some advice kind of thing. Well, in that, and, you know, you look at your pets and a lot of us have them. Um, they're your best friend. You can tell them everything. They don't spill your secrets. And um, that, <laughs> you look at the book, the, the cover is of the boy's head peering through and the goldfish Norman is in his nose position. But I feel like that's, and then later in the book, there's a, um, picture where they're nose to nose with each other through the glass and um you can tell those intimate secrets and that was what I was hoping for and Norman answers he he answers truthfully with a little help from his friend me and we also often add a little bit of uh, a website where they can go get more information 
Well, we've been talking with Kelly Bennett and her new book, The House That Ruth Built, came out in late March. Kelly, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. It's been great fun. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and go to the library, you guys. That's where I am. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this episode of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Kelly Bennett for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we enjoy, I enjoyed getting to talk to her about her new book, The House That Ruth Built. And and I enjoyed also one of the aspects of the th or the things that she talked about that I really liked was how she can write a picture book about like Norman and then also at the same time be writing something like she just wrote about the house that Ruth built that requires a lot of research and fact checking and it's just nice that she's able to kind of balance those two things and has the ability to write two different styles almost i thought it was funny how she that one of the things that really interested her or that she really enjoyed was the research aspect to the house that ruth built i mean if she when she's doing her norman books there's not that research component necessarily that's involved but she said she really does enjoy that aspect of writing and that she does get to incorporate it in some of her work. The other thing though, was her website is phenomenal. Just the, the material, the supplemental materials that are on there for teachers, for parents, uh, it really, it's just extraordinary. And we will make sure that we link to her website, kellybennett.com in our show notes. And when we talk to Pam Murphy, I know my favorite part was seeing your reaction when you found out her background was in business, because that was something that I know you never saw coming. She cracks me up. That was hysterical because I just, when she was talking about, she's like, yeah, I was in the suits and the heels and, you know, working the corporate world. And I just went stereotypically when you think librarians, you don't think numbers. I think that stereotype is not correct, but that is, that's what's out there. And the fact that she was um, this accountant and that she never thought she'd be working with kids. It never even crossed her mind. I was just shocked because I think she's such a natural. I knew she was creative, just seeing what she does at the branch and her videos that she's done in the past. And But just the fact that um, that it never even crossed her mind that this would be something she would be doing. And I just think she's very good at what she does. And it is amazing, as you say, right, there's somebody who probably never thought in a million years that she'd be at a library working with kids, and she ends up doing it, and not only does she do it, but she's great at it. So it's it's one of those things where you just never know what's around the corner, what you might be really good at. There's still time to find out what, find what you love. <laughs> there's still time for me to figure out what I'm good at. Exactly. Who do I want to be when I grow up? Well, Anna, this was another fun episode. I enjoyed talking to Kelly Bennett and also Pam Murphy. And hopefully everyone will take advantage of what we have going on at the library over the course of the next couple of weeks. Once again, a lot of fun. Bob, it's always a good time in the Behind the Book Studios with you. We do want to thank Kelly Bennett and Pam Murphy for taking time to talk with us. And I'll see you back here in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web 
at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasek. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.